Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Bimi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour. The program for caring parents. Right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day. Uh, you are listening to the pediatrician talk. Um, it's my pleasure to be here with you. from preventable illnesses. And we do that through health education information. We empower parents through all our various platforms so that they can know more about uh, the health of their children. We promote health of children. And also we do community medical outreaches to indigenous communities where many don't have access to pediatricians. And so today's program, Access to Pediatrician Hour, is brought to you every Thursday, uh, 10 a.m. West African time. Uh, but you can always watch the repeats from either our YouTube channel or you can listen also on our podcast or you can even still watch it on our Facebook page as well so you can watch past episodes and if you have any questions after the program uh, you can always post it on our Ask the Pediatrician Facebook group from Monday to Saturday and our professionals, our moderators, they'll be there to answer your question. Now, if you have any question about any health issues with respect to children, you can post it on Ask the Pediatrician Facebook group. And if it's about other health issues, you can post it on our Really, uh, much about this 
And these are the reason why there's a lot of stigma around epilepsy and about the things that we can do to go to the As a result of discharge, you know, uh, in the brain, and so, and when they're recurring, we talk about epilepsy. Many people talk a lot about convulsion, which is a form of a seizure. However, convulsions where people jerk or get stiff, uh, they're not the only form of seizures. There are seizures where children just kind of zoned out or they just stare blankly. You know, we have drops, you know, where children just fall down suddenly. You know, most of the time seizures are something that occurs suddenly. Uh, sometimes the children or the adults, because it can affect adults as well, they are not aware it's about to happen. Thank you. 
So as I said, you need to have the current say about 10 percent of people will have one seizure in their lifetime which will never happen again and we don't classify such people as having epilepsy also children will have febrile convulsions so some children every time they have fever actually i move on to the next myth. The next myth says epilepsy is contagious. This is one of the most popular of the myths. You know, people are scared to help people with epilepsy uh, when they are having the seizure because they felt if I come close to them, then I'm going to get it too. People don't want to sleep on the same bed. They don't want to eat from the same plate. They don't want to drink from the same cup. Um, they don't want to even, if possible, stay in the same space, like in the same class or in the same uh, hours or room with somebody with epilepsy because of the fear that I'm going to catch the epilepsy. However, I'm happy to inform you that epilepsy is not contagious. Epilepsy is not contagious. So helping somebody who has epilepsy, trying to clean them up after a if they, you know, have a seizure or helping them, you know, turn to the side, whatever you do will not lead you to you catching epilepsy. Living in the same house with them or drinking from the same cup, sharing some things will not make you have epilepsy. So please, let's learn to show love to people with epilepsy because it is not contagious. Epilepsy is not an infectious disease. It is not one of those uh, like HIV or Ebola or coronavirus in where you have to maintain social distance and all that. No, no. Epilepsy is not contagious. So 
please do not be scared to assist someone, especially maybe in school or You know, that can lead to epilepsy or children who didn't cry at birth when they are born. And because of that, Thank you. 
And later we actually discovered some of the uh, Babala ones actually were grinding seizure medications and adding it into those powder they were giving parents. That is, this is true story, you know, because they also know that there's really nothing they're giving you. So they figure out how to get the, the real anticonvulsants and give to parents in the, because they want to obviously defraud parents of their money, you know, by trying to find a solution. Because if they don't obviously find a solution, you won't come back. All right. So bottom line, epilepsy is not spiritual, okay? Epilepsy has to do, it's a physical problem with the brain. We sometimes know why. No, no seizures, we gradually begin to tell off the medications. So please seek medical help. I did tell a story last week of somebody, you know, because people don't know that this is just purely medical and there's help. They just keep running from pillar to pose, hiding a person away and, you know, the quality of life will be so poor and immediately they get the right help. Everything was over and their life, you know. So this is something that at least we can help. And when I was looking at the statistics just before this program, I found that in Africa, 75% of people who should be on medication are not either because they don't come or they don't have the money and or they don't believe that this is something mixing you know there's a lot it's very common in at nigeria in africa for us to hear oh this is not a, this is not a a medical problem or you need to go to um you need to go spiritual yeah that is the word you need to go spiritual on it and um, i really want to Call out Nollywood, our film industry. Thank you so much for putting Nigeria on the map. But please, you are not helping us in terms of medical issues. So let's stop all this, our film, telling people they've been to hospital and telling them, ah, this is not a... Especially people that have seizures in movies and they start bringing out the foam and then they take them to the hospital and then it is a doctor. 
yeah, it's the doctor that will be telling them in the movies that this is not a medical issue. You can do spiritual needs. No, all those things is not right. It's not helping our people because people take those things for, they, take, they believe it and they think it's actually true. Please seek the right doctors, not Nollywood movie doctors that are always telling you to go spiritual. Seek the right doctors. Epilepsy can be treated. They don't need to bring out any lizard. some kind of what we call complex partial seizures that can make people with epilepsy behave funny uh but it's still a seizure because you will see that it starts suddenly and it ends suddenly it is not like a perpetual state that they are in unlike people who have um mood disorders or those who have mental illness you know epilepsy episodes are usually a very uh, yes, you know, very separate, you know, it's as a beginning, it's as an end. So just to let you know that epilepsy is not a mental illness and it is not, um, it does not mean they are emotionally unstable. And even if you have been treated like the adults by an, a psychiatrist, that doesn't mean you are
lot of very intelligent people who can have epilepsy. Of course, there are people who have learning disability or intellectual disability, and they also have epilepsy as additional medical condition in addition to their um, disability, intellectual disability, but it does not mean it's epilepsy that is making them to have intellectual disability or that is affecting their intelligence. So there are people who are intelligent, who are smart, and who have epilepsy, you know, that it has nothing to do. But some people who have very severe brain um, injuries or malformation, you know, because there's so much part of the brain affected, they can have both the epilepsy and the intellectual disability or global developmental delay like we do in using children less than five coexisting, but it is not a cause and effect. So it is not the epilepsy causing any disability or intellectual disability. It is something that can coexist, but majority of people with epilepsy have they have normal intelligence, so it is not that. But let me quickly also say there are some medications that people, when people use it for epilepsy, it can lead to, it's one of the side effects is, you know, affect the cognitive ability. So, which is one of the reasons we don't like to use those medications, especially in children. So people, especially in Africa, everybody, if they don't go to hospital and you go to, um, chemist and you say your child is having seizures or conversion they just give you phenobarbitone i mean i've seen a lot of people say i'm taking phenobarbitone. no usually we don't like to use it in this age now epilepsy itself does not cause low intelligence and you know, people with epilepsy are smart they are intelligent just like any other person so let's get rid of the myths all right so let's continue uh, we still have a lot of myths i'm going to get through today uh another myth is that people who have seizures can undo high pressure demanding jobs and i think that's the message for parents sometimes parents are very very protective of their children and the if a child is having seizure plus they are very very protective of them and they don't even want them to do anything straight on they do they stop them from doing sport they stop them from doing this they stop them from doing that most of those things are not necessary really there's really no need to be resisting restricting sorry the life of that child just because they have epilepsy they just need to be treated all right they just need to be on their medication of course common sense there are some things we say if they are swimming we just want to make sure there's somebody around okay so that in case there's any 
emergency, you know, there's somebody there, the lifeguard, or at least somebody is around, but that doesn't mean they can't go swimming. Or sometimes we say kitchen, like when they are in the kitchen cooking, we don't want them to be the only one in the kitchen cooking, just in case they have a seizure and they, we don't want them to suffer. But so if there's somebody there, you know, we can quickly make sure they are protected. But we try not to limit the life of our children because they have epilepsy. Let them live their normal life. I think that's one of the myths I'm going to address. And for adults, it's also the same. Adults with epilepsy, welcome to epilepsy, they can live their normal life. All right, so there are some jobs that we try to say for you before you can you before you can do those kind of jobs, you need to have clearance from your doctors. For example, like driving. So maybe different countries have different policies. Some will say you also have been seizure free for one year. It doesn't mean you won't be able to drive, but we just want to make sure you are well controlled and then you're not going to have an accident a seizure while driving. Of course, you're going to put yourself and other people at risk. So there are some kind of policy in place. Maybe you have to be seizure free for six months or one year. You know, different countries have different policies. But the bottom line is that having epilepsy doesn't mean you cannot do any job. It does not mean you cannot do a pressure job and all that. You can do anything you want to do. We just have some uh, safety uh, guidelines around certain things like swimming, like cooking, open fire and things like that. That is just safety, you know, and making sure you're stable. Otherwise, the place itself does not stop anyone from doing what they want to do. All right, let's move on. Uh, somebody said some myths is like it's easy to tell when the situation is about to happen. You know, like I said last week, it's not always true. Sometimes some people have what we call aura. They have an idea. They start feeling certain things when the situation is about to happen. Usually, actually, those people have what we call um, primary with secondary generalized seizures. So they they they, they are the aura is more like you know the initial sign and then, then before they have the full seizure but most people with seizures actually don't know when it's happening it just happens suddenly and it hangs suddenly so they they can't predict when it's about to happen you know so especially if it is generalized seizure if it's partial sometimes they are conscious they are aware what is going on they may not be able to stop it uh, but sometimes because they know what's going on they can manage it a bit but most people, most children, we're going to have epilepsy or seizure. They won't know when it's going to happen. It just hits them suddenly and it stops suddenly. So don't think people are faking seizures or they try to have a seizure for maybe a monetary gain or for a particular gain. No, not necessarily. Most of the time, they don't know. All right. Another myth is that seizures are painful. So people believe that uh, seizures are painful or they hurt. Actually, for the generalized seizures, most of the time, the children or the adults, they are not aware what is going on. So they are not feeling pain. And because these are some of the things that make parents to be... Um, apprehensive like oh my child is going through a lot of pain and i know most parents don't want we don't want our children to go through any form of pain i mean which is quite commendable but you can rest assured that most of the time when they have seizures they are not having pain However, after the seizure episode, depending on what happened, like if somebody, you know, when if they drop down on the floor, they eat their head or they, they convulse for so long, checking for so long, of course, they eventually they will have like, you know, after effect of that can give them muscle pain or if they've had injury where they are 
having the pain. So, you know, when they're having the seizure, then they can have adults as well all right next up meets is that this is a very popular one that children or adults or whoever is having epilepsy they swallow their their tongue or they choke on their tongue and it's really um for those of us in nigeria it's very common people always want to do something about the tongue when people are having epilepsy as if that dongle is the most important thing during epilepsy. Now, the worst that can happen during epileptic seizure is that they can bite on their tongue and then they can suffer injury, laceration to the tongue, but they don't swallow it, okay? And they don't choke on their tongue when they're having seizure. So there's no need to be too... Um, focus on uh, putting something so that the tongue or the teeth will not clench together that which is what people people uh, uh actually in some parts of the country believe if the teeth clench together the person's going to die that is not true all right that is not what kill somebody who is having epilepsy seizure what will kill somebody who is having a seizure is if they can't breathe in if oxygen is not getting to their brain whether their teeth clench together whether the tongue is in or out that is not going to cause any so they don't swallow their tongue they don't choke on their tongue it's not going to kill them all right their teeth clenching together is not going to kill somebody who is having epilepsy all right so there's no need to be too worried about the tongue the worst that can happen is that they can bite on it and then it can uh you know cut their tongue you know have a laceration of the tongue but they don't swallow the tongue so let's not worry about the tongue all right I don't know. anything in the tongue in the mouth of somebody with having epilepsy don't just don't so one of the key um 
principles in medicine is first, do no harm. It's one of the ethical principles when it comes to medicine or medical care. In other words, don't, if you're not going to do any help, then don't do any harm, all right? So if you don't know what to do with somebody who is having seizure, please don't do any harm by putting anything in their mouth. Just leave them alone. Just It's better to just stand doing nothing than to cause more harm. So first, do no harm. Don't put any stake in their mouth. And before I leave this particular meat, there are many other things people also do that they should not be doing. Please don't burn their hands in fire. Don't put their hands and their legs in fire. I see that a lot. When I was in Luth, there was one of our patients that had... Things that were higher trojanic call on people on their own. you need to do is to make sure that that person doesn't hurt themselves when they're having a seizure. So you want to remove remove anything around them that can make them hurt themselves. You want to make sure they, they just, you know, they are safe. They are not banging their head on the pavement or on the floor or anything that can hurt. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
treatment figure stimulation and all that but they are not the common ones they are not the majority you know of the epilepsy majority of children with epilepsy we are, we can treat them well so don't think oh i'm wasting my time going to see doctors one of the things i like to let parents know is that when you start treating epilepsy please be patient with the doctors when we start treating epilepsy we don't magically know what drug your child is going to respond to number one we can think we can suspect that maybe this will be better based on the kind of what we see on the eeg semiology and all that we can suspect and we can start those medications but for one reason or another some children just don't respond to a particular drug and some respond to a, a different drug so sometimes we have to do a bit of trial and error to know what your child is going to respond to. Sometimes we have to start with a particular dose and then gradually work it up till we get to the dose your child is going to respond to. Sometimes decisions will start reducing. They're not going to stop immediately, okay? So this is how it works. One of the things I normally do is that for the first one hour when I'm before I start your child on medication, I'm talking to you because I really need you to understand. Because some parents, you start their child on medication, the following day the child asks just, oh no, that doctor doesn't know what she's doing, and they are off to the next person. And maybe that is when people say, oh, this is not a hospital case, or so, you know, this is spiritual. And then they will stop medication, go spiritual, and then Yes, the child is having seizures. Whereas if they have been patient for us to take the child through the trial of the drugs till we get the right dose, till we get the right um uh the right type that work for your child. Some children will start with one drug, we go high, it's still not working, we stop, we start another drug. Some children we have to give them two drugs, some children we have to do three drugs, some children we have to think maybe ketogenic diet, some children we have to do so. There are different options. But please, please, please be patient with the doctors because this trying how new drugs, we can't do it in one day, we can't do it in one week. We do this since over months. So that is why the doctor will keep giving you an appointment. Please attend your follow-up appointment. Please be patient, all right? We have over 20 drugs that we can try. So you can imagine. And we have to make sure we try. Well, some drugs will be working and the child start having horrible side effects. And we have to take it off because it's not just decision stopping. We don't also want to have side effects. And these medications are not... Um, uh,
everything you need. Booklets, we give you leaflets explaining epilepsy. We ask you to join parents' uh, support group. We give you di a seizure diary so you can always write it for us. And then we can see, oh, this seizure is getting better. Then that means this medication is working. Oh, it's not getting better. It's even getting worse. Then let's try something. And sometimes we want to try a new drug. We have to gradually for what take off the old one before we start the new one. So it's not going to happen suddenly like that. And even when the child is no longer having seizures, when we want to stop the drug, we don't also suddenly stop. We have to gradually take the drugs out of the child's system. So please, we have made treatment for epilepsy, but please be patient with the doctors. And if we think it's something that is difficult to treat, we most of the time we refer you to the super, super specialists and those are the ones that will decide whether we see surgery, you know, some treatment that are not so common, you know, but you have to be patient with your doctors. Don't quickly run away and say, oh, they don't know what they're doing or it's not working. You have to be patient. All right. All right. Let's quickly round up. Uh, women with epilepsy should not get pregnant. This is another popular myth. No, this is not true. Women with epilepsy can get pregnant and they have children. Um, however, there are some medication we don't give to women who are going to get pregnant, okay? And if you are already on that medication, we may need to stop it. For example, sodium vaporate, it can cause um, do what we call a when somebody's going to get married they actually do a kind of genetic history find, find findings and all that because they said that oh epilepsy runs in this family and likely so we don't want our daughters to get married into a family where they have epilepsy the truth of the matter is that are genetic epilepsies yes it's true there are epilepsies that can be passed from one generation to the other but not all epilepsies are genetic okay so for example if a child has meningitis or encephalitis, a brain infection, and that leads to complication of epilepsy, you're not going to pass that on to your next child who doesn't have meningitis or so that is not be, that's not going to be passed on. If epilepsy is due to malformation in the brain, you, you are not going to pass that to your child if your child does not have malformation in the brain. So majority of epilepsy, you can pass it on. But a few, yes, they are genetic and can be passed on, but they are not the majority. So you don't have to be scared at all. I don't want to have a child because I'm afraid I'm going to pass the epilepsy on. Most time you're not going to. And our genetic doctors can help you and they can test you and they can let you know whether it's the type that you can pass on or not. And even if you have a baby, they can also decide, do you want us to test your baby and all that. But most of the time it's not like that. 
All right. Another myth is that you can't live a full normal life with epilepsy. I think I've already deal, dealt with that thoroughly. You can live a normal life with epilepsy. Your epilepsy can be treated. You can stop living with epilepsy. Another uh, myth, people with epilepsy cannot walk. Again, that is a myth. A lot of people with epilepsy are walking and they're doing what they like. Uh, another myth, uh, people always lose consciousness when they have epileptic seizures or they always have to convulse. Again, this is due to lack ignorance about what epilepsy is. So that it is not every seizure that you check. It is not every seizure that you convulse. It's not every seizure that you drop. You, you become unconscious. So some, some seizures, you can just sit there and just be gone. Even as I'm talking to you, you just you see me stop and then suddenly I... is that when somebody is having seizure, you need to stop them. You need to scold them. I think a lot of mothers do this consciously or unconsciously. When their children are having seizure, they, they just grab them and hold them. No, that is actually wrong. Wrong. You don't need to restrain anybody who is having epilepsy. I think I really mentioned that when I was talking about what you should not do. Another thing, apart from not putting anything in their mouth, not putting all those other things I mentioned, please don't restrain them. Let them have the seizure. You can't stop the seizure by holding them. It's going to happen, all right? It doesn't stop. If you can stop somebody from having a seizure just by holding them, it is not a seizure. It is a pseudo-epilepsy. They are pretending, okay? So somebody who is having full-blown seizures, you can't stop them from happening just by holding them, all right? going to make you have a seizure. No, if your child doesn't have a photosensitive epilepsy, you don't need to put them on that, that restriction. All right. Our time is running. Um, okay. I think I already talked about people having seizure and you putting things in their mouth. Please do not put anything in their mouth. And I think I will stop 
the meat there. Of course, there are so many meats. I'm sure if I had those of you who are listening to send me what popular meats you've had about epilepsy, I'm sure you'll be able to send it to me. So, uh, but the point, the reason why we have to talk about all these meats is to let you know uh, about them. And you can see some of them can impact in terms of stigmatization of people with epilepsy. Some of them, it has to do with wrong approach to treatment. And some of them can lead to, you know, uh, other complications. So this, which is why it's so important for us to know about the mates. But before I leave, I really want to talk about the first aid in epilepsy. All right, because some of the myths I've talked about has to do what you do when somebody is having seizure. It is so important to know what to do. But like I said earlier, if you don't know what to do, do no harm. All right, do no harm. So I'm going to share a picture for those of you who can watch. And for those of you who are listening, I'm going to talk through it as well. Again, most of the epilepsy that you will notice are the what we call the conversion type, where people are actually fitting, they're jerking, they're going stave and all that. Those are the ones most people see. The other types, most times, you don't even know what is going on around unless the person tells you they just had a seizure. So the most important thing for somebody who is having seizure is, like, you can't stop it. He's going to stop on his own. But please keep them safe. If you remember that, that's all you need to do. You want to keep them safe. You know, somebody, when people are jerking, they fall, they can eat their head. And sometimes they can suffer head injury from that. So we don't want them to eat their head. So you can just make sure that wherever they are, they're able to put their head on the surface that's, you know, not sharp, not rough, not like a concrete floor or anything. If there's a concrete floor, you have to put like a cushion or something around. We don't want them to have an head injury. That's the most important thing. Then we don't want them to strangle themselves, you know. So if there's anything like chains or ties around, you know, their neck, you need to remove it. Again, it's about making sure they don't have And there's no need to say, oh, let me help them bring out their tongue. Let me have that. No, they're not going to choke on their tongue. They're not going to bite. They can bite on it, but that's fine. But please do not put anything in their tongue. Do not restrain them. So remove any tightness around their neck. Turn them to their side. And watch. You can time the seizure. Check your time and see how long it's going to last for. But do not hold them and all that. Then if in five minutes the seizure has not stopped, please call for the emergency service, call an ambulance, take them to the nearest hospital. If they have an idea on them or something, you can use that to, you know, to 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 call maybe their 
usually people who have epilepsy we always tell them to have this emergency contact or badges or if i am having sure this is what you should do this sometimes they have it on them so but if you don't have that just call them take them to emergency that is all you need to do that is all it's as simple as that there's nothing else you can do do not try any treatments the only treatments for somebody who is having epilepsy should be when they are in the hospital and i think that's on that note i'm going to hand to this presentation thank you so much for listening if you have any question about epilepsy or the myths around the epilepsy or you have a myth that you want to run by us please send it to me either via my email drbenisola.com or you can go to our facebook group and you can post it there. And I really want to plead with you to share this video because like you, you would have noticed, most of these meets are quite common in our uh, setting in Nigeria and Africa. And we really need to stop all these uh, things. We, we meant where we want to help, but sometimes trying to help will cause more harm. So which is what we don't want to continue. Remember, do no harm. Remember, do not stigmatize those who have epilepsy. Remember, epilepsy is a medical condition, it's a physical health issue, and it is treatable. So till I come away again next week with a fresh episode, talking again about something important about the health of our children, I want to say have a wonderful day and bye. Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gbemi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians